Assalamu alaikum. Ramadan Mubarak. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah who appeared in the person of Master Fard Muhammad, to whom praise belongs forever. And I bear witness that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is his messenger, Messiah. And I bear witness that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is their divine reminder, warner, and servant in our midst. I greet you all in the greeting words of peace as we say it in our original language. Assalamu alaikum. Once again, Ramadan Mubarak to all of those that are participating in Ramadan. We welcome each and every one of you and we thank you for being with us as we offer, as we listen, and as we learn from the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad as taught by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. We are grateful, we are blessed, and we are humbled to live in this day where we can receive divine guidance, divine mercy, and a divine warning that our lives might be able to be put on the right path because we have lived in a world that has put us on the wrong road. We thank Allah for loving us so much that he would give us one that would help us to be more than we ever could have asked for. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is a gift from Allah, and he is a gift that keeps on giving. We thank Allah for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Where would we be without the Honorable Elijah Muhammad? Where would we be without the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan? Each and every day, we must be grateful to Almighty God Allah for these two beautiful and wonderful men who has been sent to raise all of humanity to where God desires us to be. We thank Allah for the very life that we have. And no matter how bad our days might be, no matter what trials we're going through, no matter what misfortunes are happening right now, Allah has blessed us with the gift of life. He's blessed us to be able to get up this morning and to make it and call on him and him alone. And when we can rely on him and him alone, he and only he can get us through. He says in his Quran that we would be tried as believers. But if we seek refuge in him, if we pray to him, if we fast towards him, if we give our life, if we give our charity, if we give everything we have, then only God can save us. Only God can get us through. And we thank him for his saving grace. Once again, we thank each and every one of you for being with us on this beautiful morning. Please help me as I bring to the rostrum one of our young students in the ministry class here at Mas Mariam. Please give a round of applause for Brother Jair Muhammad. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah who appeared to us in the person of Master Fard Muhammad. And I bear witness that the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad is his messenger Messiah. And I bear witness that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is their divine reminder, servant, and one among us today. 
It is in their holy and righteous names that I would like to greet all of the believers that are sitting here in Mas Mariam and those that are watching from wherever you may be watching with the greeting words of peace. Assalamu alaikum. And all of the Muslims that are observing this holy month of Ramadan, Ramadan Mubarak. I would like to first start off by thanking my absolutely wonderful teacher, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and his student national assistant, Student Minister Ishmael Muhammad for allowing me such a distinct honor and privilege to humbly stand before the people of God this morning. Brothers and sisters, Allah says in the Quran that he hates ingratitude. We as human beings have so much to be grateful to Allah for. So whenever we feel ourselves being ungrateful or wishing we had more, or we begin to see others with things that we think that we deserve, we must reflect on all of the things that Allah has already blessed each and every one of us with. The fact that Allah has blessed us with eyes to be able to see the majesty and the beauty of his creation, ears to be able to hear beautiful sounds and tune in to certain frequencies. The fact that he allows us to have a mouth where we can speak to one another and come together as human beings and grow relationships and friendships with one another. He produces oxygen that you and I may breathe. He produces water from the cloud that you and I may drink. And from that water he brings from the cloud, he gives us fruits and vegetables so that we may nourish our bodies. I could go on and on about the many blessings that Allah has blessed us with, but the greatest gift that Almighty God Allah has blessed us with is life. All praise is due to Allah. And if you attempt to count Allah's favors, you will not be able to number them. Allah is the best giver of gifts. He says, little it is that men give thanks. So if we are thankful over little, then Allah will not mind giving us much. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said that when we are making our prayers, we're not just praying to be praying, but we're praying for the blessing and the favor of Allah. We all can bear witness that sometimes we go to God asking for material things. You know, I want the new Mercedes Benz. I want the new house, the new watch. And all my young sneakerheads out there, we want the new Jordans, all these name brand shoes. But little it is that we find ourselves giving thanks to Allah for everything that he has blessed us with. All praise is due to Allah. We always want that which would allow us to seem or appear greater and more important than who and what we really are. And that comes from a place of insecurity in who we are as individuals. And that very insecurity tampers with our being a Muslim because according to the Holy Quran, a Muslim is one that is made secure. But little is it that we find ourselves giving thanks and gratitude to Allah for giving us more than our brains can even fathom or conceive. Allah says in the 14th chapter of the Holy Quran that Allah made subservient to man, the sun, the moon, the stars, the river, the sea, by his command. The definition of the word subservient is prepared to obey others unquestionably. So that is why the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said that the least human being is greater than the sun. You made Brother Jair, the minister said that the least human being is greater than the sun. I'm going to say that again. He said that the least human being is greater than the sun. He didn't say the scholars, the scientists, the doctors, the lawyers, those that may be the richest or most wealthy. He said that the least human being, the one that believes that he or she is nothing, or he, and she, or he or she has no power on this planet. He said that the least of us is greater than the sun because the sun can only do what God created it to do. But the human being, Allah created the human being with more because he gave the human being something that he never gave any of his creations. He gave us the free will to choose and then he offers us that freedom to follow his path or not. But in Allah's abundance of mercy, 
when we stray from his path, he always raises up, always, a God and a messenger to guide us back to the straight path of Allah. And that reminder in our midst today is the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. So we have to show gratitude to Allah for sharing a part of himself with us in our very creation. That makes us by nature divine. How can we be made, as the Bible says, in the image and after the likeness of God and not be divine? The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said that many people do not wish to say that the human being is divine. But we call the creation divine. The sun is divine. The moon is divine. The stars are divine. The trees, the seas, the oceans, the mountains, the rivers. They are divine because they come from the originator of divine. So if we can ascribe divinity to the things that he created and the greatest of God's creation is the human being, then why should we not understand that in the human being is the spark of divine? I am so grateful to Almighty God, Allah, and I can never thank him enough for the most honorable Elijah Muhammad and the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan and the knowledge and wisdom that they have taught and are teaching because the knowledge and wisdom that they taught far exceeds the scholarship of this world and frees us from the box that our enemy has tried so hard to keep us in. But Jesus said, ye shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And brothers and sisters, we have been given that truth. Now we have to take that truth that we have been given act on it and apply it to our lives so that we can truly be made free. Brothers and sisters, let us continue to strive to remind ourselves to give gratitude to Allah for all of the things that he has blessed us with. And whenever we begin to feel ourselves becoming ungrateful, choose just five to 10 things to be grateful for personally in your life and, and go to Allah with gratitude with a sincere heart and live your life in service to God and he will amplify what you already have. As I leave you as I came, I would like to bring up student minister, Brother Troy Muhammad from Muhammad Namaz Number 1 in Detroit, Michigan. As-salamu alaykum. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah who came to us in the person of Master Fahd Muhammad and I thank him for raising from amongst us a divine leader, a divine teacher, and a divine guide in the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. And many of us would not know of this great commission if not for the man who stands in our midst today, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And it's in their names that I greet you with the greeting words of peace. Assalamu alaikum. Ramadan Mubarak. I am so thankful and honored uh, for the opportunity. I'm thankful to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. I'm thankful for student minister Ishmael Mohammed, and I'm thankful for the staff here at Mosque Maryam. I'm thankful and grateful to be here, to be alive in this hour, and I'm thankful and grateful to have guidance to guide us during this hour. So it's a blessing tenfold if we understand. I want to begin by saying that it's such a beautiful sight to see us back in the seats at Mas Marion. <clears throat> it's a tremendous feeling and energy to be able to once again greet brothers and sisters in this sacred house. So today I have a deeper understanding of the biblical scripture that says, behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers can dwell together in unity. 
It feels good to be at Mosque Maryam this morning. And as student minister Ishmael Muhammad always reminds us, I feel blessed and highly favored to be here. But I'm not alone. We came from Detroit 20 deep today. <clears throat> And two of those 20, Brother Norman Muhammad, 87 years old, Brother Daniel Muhammad, 86 years old, hmm? both lovers of Master Fard Muhammad, both lovers of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, both lovers of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, two men who have dedicated over 60 years to the mosque. So, when COVID hit, their mosque was closed, as was other spiritual houses. And I saw the effect that it had on them. So when the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan opened these doors back up and his national assistant told me to come on down, I called Brother Norman, I called Brother Daniel. I said, would you like to attend service at Mosque Maryam? And without hesitation, they said, yes, sir. So they're in this great mosque today, enjoying every moment, as am I and the other 18 brothers who came with us. And I wanted to share that just as a reminder of how special our mosque is. Established in every major city by the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, reestablished by the minister Louis Farrakhan for all of our people to serve as a spiritual home giving us over the years of teaching out of these structures a message to lift us, guide us, to equip us, to give us insight, to give us knowledge, to uh, give us mental and spiritual food, to aid us in not being overcome by this wicked world. The supreme wisdom found in the teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, the study of self-improvement, self-examination, self-analysis from the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan, all that was established by Master Fard Muhammad has equipped us to grow from a dead state, a broken condition, equipped us to grow vertically. You remember the study, guys, right? The honorable minister Louis Farrakhan, he said, it's not enough that we grow horizontally. You know, I know you like the crypto and the gold and the acquisition of land. But he said it's not enough that we grow horizontally, which he described as material wealth. Now, he didn't say we shouldn't grow in material wealth, but he said it's not enough. Why, he asked, because horizontal growth alone is death, he said. All dead things are on a horizontal level. Therefore, he asked, we must grow vertically, growing uprightness. See, the upright teaching that came out of the temples, came out of the mosque that we've been blessed to hear weekly from Mosque Maryam, that teaching given to us by the most honorable Elijah Muhammad called Islam. If we study, if we apply, if we study, if we practice, we'll produce the necessary vertical growth in us to get us through such dark and difficult times. So even in darkness, even in such troubling and uh, stress-filled times, even in being away from your church or your mosque, with this supreme teaching in us, we're not really away. You see, as the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has taught us for years, the church is not God's temple, the synagogue is not God's temple, the mosque is not God's temple, but you black man, you black woman are the temple of God. 
and with the teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad rooted in us, we become those true houses. So in this serious hour, in this holy month of Ramadan, I remind us as I remind myself, get rooted in the teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. Get rooted in the guidance of the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan. And as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death in America, we will fear no evil for Allah and the person of Master Fahd Muhammad will be with us, walking in us, allowing us, you and I, to go up vertically while everything around us is going down. So I thank you for this opportunity to share a few words, and I want to bring up my great brother to the rostrum, Brother Imam Sultan Muhammad. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأشهد أن محمد رسول الله Dear brothers, dear sisters, these are our original words from our original language of Arabic. I bear witness that there is no God but Allah and Muhammad is his messenger. We seek refuge with Allah from Satan, the accursed enemy. And brothers and sisters, we open in the most holy names of Allah, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, the beneficent, the merciful. Dear brothers and sisters, it is a pleasure and honor to be before the believers during this holy month of Ramadan. Ramadan Mubarak. Praise be to Allah. It's a blessing and honor to serve our dear minister, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. For in this hour, he is a divine representation of mercy in our midst, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. Divine mercy in our midst. This mercy, Ar-Rahman, points to the womb of love. Love, mercy, beneficence. And we, brothers and sisters, can learn from the example of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, that they came with 100% love for our people. I don't think 100% is enough. 3,000% love for our people. For they gave themselves up. They gave their lives up out of love and mercy. Complete sacrifice of self. Allah has said in the Holy Quran, the servants of the beneficent are they who walk on earth in humility. And when the ignorant address them, they say peace, salam, peace. So when we brothers and sisters during this holy month of Ramadan are getting a little hangry, we're getting a little tired because this is the first 10 days that we have just achieved. We're now, I believe, on the 13th day. Praise be to Allah. So Muhammad, peace be upon him, said that the month of Ramadan is separated into threes. The first 10 days, so these threes are ashra or tens. The first 10 days are the days of mercy. Rahmat. These are the days in which, brothers and sisters, the first 10 days, we are getting into a new habit. 
And when we're into a new habit, sometimes we make mistakes. And Allah is therefore merciful on us when we accidentally take that drink of water that may have been sitting on the counter or pick up a snack or something like that. But the next 10 days are the days of forgiveness. So in these 10 days that we are in now, brothers and sisters, we should be seeking forgiveness for all of what we know our hands have wrought, all of the deeds that our hands have wrought. For these three phases also represent the development of man, the development of woman. First, there's mercy on a child. But when that child comes into development, then that child has a self-accusing spirit, a self-accusing mind where they know definitely what is wrong or right. So we are to ask forgiveness. That last 10 days that we are striving for right now. So if you've missed a day, it's okay. You can make it up in December where the days are lighter and shorter. But in these last 10 days, it is Allah that says, these are the days of freedom from the fire, salvation. So this is the time after we have had mercy, after we have had an opportunity to seek forgiveness from Allah, that now we are free, inshallah, if we've taken this Ramadan seriously. We are free from some old bad habits and inshallah are a new being marching, marching into the rest of the year. We don't want to leave Ramadan behind. We want to take the practices that we've built throughout this month with us. Muhammad, peace be upon him, has stated, he who does not desist or stop from obscene language and acting obscenely during the period of fasting Allah has no need that he did not eat or drink. Brothers and sisters, on my way over here, I was actually driving a vehicle. And those who know me know I stay away from that because I have road rage. So we stay away from the things that we know will pull on us. We stay away from the things that we know will trigger us and set us off during this holy month of Ramadan. So we become reflective and we become loving, merciful, humble servants of Allah. And we become, brothers and sisters, mindful of how we treat our relationships with one another. So we thank Allah for the blessing of having life during this holy month of Ramadan. We have the blessing, brothers and sisters, to renew ourselves completely. Let us take full, full advantage of this moment in time because Allah knows best if we will make it next year. So let us treat this holy month of Ramadan, make it the best holy month of Ramadan, as though we may never see one again. Praise be to Allah. May Allah continue to bless you. I greet you as I came with the greeting words of peace. Assalamu alaikum. Please welcome up our dear brother, student minister Jeffrey Muhammad. It has been almost a year, a little over a year, since we were not allowed to come to houses of worship. 
and student minister Ishmael Muhammad from his studies of his teacher, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, stated this almost a year ago. He said, are we getting closer to God? Are we humbling ourselves to God? Allah says in the Quran that he seizes the people with distress and affliction. For what purpose, God? That they might humble themselves. Have we humbled ourselves to the teachings and the guidance of Jesus? Have we humbled ourselves to the teachings and the guidance of the life that God would have us to live through Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him? Have we humbled ourselves to the teachings and the guidance and the life that God would have us to live through the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan? Are we relying on Allah and Allah alone? We must seek and rely on him and him alone. Who else can protect and sustain our lives but him? The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan says, and I'm quoting, well, since no one can, then what better place of refuge do we have than placing all our trust and confidence in that which cannot be shaken, that which cannot be disturbed, that which cannot be overcome, the unshakable, the invincible, the unconquerable, the mighty, the wise, the Lord of the worlds. When trouble comes into your life, you go to him. He sees you through. Then he brings greater trouble. You go to him and he sees you through. Then he gives you a greater test, a greater trial, and you go to him and he sees you through. He brings misfortune into your life and you go to him and he sees you through. There is no believer that has not been tried and placed their trust in him and he did not see you through. Psalm says we would have despaired unless we had believed that we would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait. Be patient. Wait for the Lord. Brothers and sisters, please help me as I bring to the podium student minister that will be teaching this evening on his subject titled Ramadan, the preparation for a new world. Please let us put our hands together for student minister Abel Muhammad. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful, I bear witness there is no God but Allah who came in the person of Master Fad Muhammad. And I bear witness to the oneness of God. I bear witness that he and he alone is worthy to be worshiped and praised. I bear witness that he and he alone is the creator of all things, the sender of all prophets, and the ultimate revealer of all truth. I bear witness that he and he alone holds the treasure of all that he has created, and I bear witness that he has sent into the world and raised among every nation a messenger, prophet, or warner to guide the people to his straight path. I thank Allah the Most High for his mercy and his grace and his intervention in the affairs of the black man and woman of North America 
who have been the victims of European wickedness in the transatlantic slave trade and who were made slaves, chattel slaves, for 310 years. I thank Allah for his intervention in the affairs of the so-called brown and red people of the Western Hemisphere, who had been terrorized since 1492 by the genocidal policies of European governments and despotic methods of their colonizers. We have been a broken people, stripped of many things that would connect us to our original land and people our names and language and history and culture and religion and God taken away from us, that we might be slaves and tools of white supremacy. But I thank Almighty God Allah for his merciful intervention in our affairs in the person of Master Fahd Muhammad, the great Mahdi, who came amongst us and searched amongst us for one on whom he could place a weighty mission and give him weighty words that would awaken the sleeping giant, the black man in America, the black man in the Caribbean, the black man in Africa, the brown, the red, the yellow, who have all been victims of white supremacy, but we are grateful to Allah that we are on the path of Islam. The path of Islam is the path of obedience to the will of Allah. Complete submission to his will is what makes us Muslims. And he, Allah, found that one to bear the load of the mighty and weighty mission in the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. And he was given one to help him in the weighty mission, who he in turn gave to us to help us understand and through his clear delivery of the weighty word that he put every word in its perfect place, he would be able to get all of his people, the honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. I am humbled and honored to be before you this morning and greet you all, dear brothers and sisters, here at Mosque Mariam or wherever you may be watching us from where you are watching us in the greeting words of peace, which we say in the Arabic language. Assalamu alaikum. And let me say to all of you, Ramadan Mubarak. Let me start by just saying, I Thank Almighty God Allah to be alive this Ramadan. I thank him. I thank him for giving to us guidance and teachings that he gave to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad for us that we even know it's Ramadan today here in North America. I thank the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan for his love, his courage, and his strength in standing up to rebuild the work that was given to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad that he now shares in to give life to a once dead people. I need to this morning extend my gratitude and thanks to his National Assistant Minister, Student Minister Ishmael Muhammad, for this undeserved privilege 
and heavy responsibility to be before you and the world this morning to present the life-giving teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. But we're going to get started right away, so let's not waste time. We live, brothers and sisters, in a time described in the scripture of the Bible as a time of trouble. The second chapter of Timothy in the third or the third chapter of 2 Timothy says to us that in the last days, these would be dangerous times of great stress and trouble. Will come difficult days that will be hard to bear. For people will be lovers of self, narcissistic, self-focused. If this sounds familiar, it is not a coincidence. Lovers of money. Impelled by greed, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, and profane. And they will be unloving, devoid of natural human affection, calloused and inhumane, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, devoid of self-control, intemperate, immoral, brutal, haters of good. Traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of sensual pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of outward godliness. Although they have denied its power, for their conduct nullifies their claim of faith. Avoid such people, the scripture tells us, and keep far away from them. Is this all praise is due to Allah? Is this not the world we see around us right now? The time described as the last days, it's a cold world, a callous and cruel world where all too often there is no mercy, no care, no kindness, no relief in sight. God did not love this world. He declared its destruction the day of its inception, teaches us the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. He gave this world six days, and in the seventh day, God himself would come. The scripture of the Bible says that God so loved the world. And the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan teaches us in the latest edition of the Final Call newspaper that when you use the definite article, the... You're talking about that world that is the example of worlds. And it is why this world will not last. God so loved the world that was in his mind that he gave his only begotten son to bring that world into existence because this one is perishing and we're thankful that it's perishing. And if we love this world... You and I will go down with it as it's going. This is why you and I have to be told the truth that will set us free. Free from what? Free from our oppressor. Free from the tyranny of those who terrorize us. Free of the fear that makes us into little boys in the face of our open enemy when God wants to make us into men and women. God's world is in need of a truth that will set up a government where everybody can live in peace under real freedom, justice, and equality. 
Our Christian family prays it every Sunday and really all throughout the week in their prayer called the Lord's Prayer where they say, not that they're praying for this world, but they say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. The will of God is not being done today, says the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. It is not being done in any country, including the holiest places of Christianity and Islam and Judaism. So we can go from Jerusalem to Mecca to Medina to Rome to wherever you think is a holy place. It has been defiled. To defile means to make unclean or impure, impure to corrupt the purity or perfection of. If this were God's world, there wouldn't be 100% dissatisfaction. Trouble is breaking out in all the countries in America, the land of the free and the home of the slave, as well as the brave. There's trouble in Ferguson, trouble in St. Louis, Trouble in Chicago, trouble in New York, trouble in Minnesota. Everywhere you look, there is nowhere we can run and hide today. Because justice is not where we look. It's injustice that is the order of the day. The change that will satisfy the cry of humanity can not only come not from any present ruler, but from God himself. Allah himself offers to us and prescribes for us that which can help us, that which will relieve us and aid us, restore and renew us. What a blessing in this world, in this time, to be given the month of Ramadan. An invitation from Allah to a new way of life, an invitation from Allah to nearness to him, to peace, tranquility, in a new world. I want to begin this lecture with these words and this scripture from the Holy Quran that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan raised in 2014 during his conversation, if you will, that he had with us on the Ramadan prayer line during the month of Ramadan in 2014. He raised up the 74th surah or chapter from the Holy Quran entitled or translated as the one wrapping himself up. And it begins with these verses. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful. O thou who wrappest thyself up, arise and warn. And thy Lord do magnify, and thy garments do purify, and uncleanness do shun and do no favor, seeking gain. These are commands and instructions from Allah God, and we must know how to carry out the command. We must understand the command. Why are we instructed to arise and warn? How do we magnify our Lord? How are our garments to be purified? And what is this fast called the fast of Ramadan? The Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches us that we fast today to qualify ourselves for the hereafter, which means to be qualified to enter in and render a government of righteousness. This month of Ramadan is stretching us, expanding us past our threshold as each day 
The sun is rising earlier and the sun is setting later. So it's making us uncomfortable. We are having to each day go further than we thought we could. Further than we went the day before. Expanding us, growing us, strengthening us, making us new because we're reaching new limits of ourselves. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan says of this month that we fast from dark to dark, from sunrise to sunset, no water, no food, abstaining from sexual relations with our husbands and wives, refraining from argument and disputation, praising Almighty God, Allah, the originator of the heavens and the earth, for sending this book, Quran, into the world. Through his chosen vessel, Prophet Muhammad ibn Abdullah, peace and blessings be upon him. A book of conversation from a master to his students. So every Ramadan, we have a chance to enter the classroom of Allah. To read his words that he gave to his servant that have become a book. But the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan says to us, it was not a book in the beginning. It was verses of a book. I thank Allah for the companions of the prophet. I thank Allah for those who came together, who put the Quran under its arrangement in the present form under the guidance of Allah. Today we have a book to read. Today we have a conversation to try to understand that will bring us into the circle of divine. We can say today that God is speaking to us. Just as he spoke to Prophet Muhammad ibn Abdullah, peace be upon him. All praise is due to Allah. We are now engaged in the reading of this book during the month of Ramadan. We read its 30 parts over 30 days and 30 nights. The different sections of the Quran that after the 30 days are over by Allah's grace, we will have read this book from cover to cover. We shall have bathed ourselves in the words of Allah. And we pray that Allah will open our hearts, our minds to feed on his words. The prophet was shocked in the cave when he heard the first words of this Quran. The honorable minister Louis Farrakhan says he was trembling over the sound. That Allah put his words in the ear of the prophet. But not only in his ear but in his heart. So dear beloved believers, brothers and sisters, guests who are watching in this time of trouble, we pray that our hearts will be in tune with the heart of the prophet who received these words. And we ponder these words and ask Allah to give us insight into these words, that these words are not just words that we read, but words that become a part of us as this Quran became a part of the very being of the prophet. This month of Ramadan, we are reminded from Allah in the 74th chapter that we read, and we are instructed to get up, arise from where we are, arise from a slumber of death, get up, arise and warn. Thy Lord do magnify, thy garments do purify, and all cleanness let us shun. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said that this is what the fast 
of Ramadan is all about. And he highlighted three points in particular. Number one, preparation. Number two, cleansing. Number three, discipline. Preparation, number one, means the action or process of making something ready to use or for use or serving or of getting ready for some occasion, test, or duty. It's the state of being prepared. To prepare means to make ready beforehand for some purpose, use, or activity, to put in a proper state of mind. What are we preparing for? As Muslims, especially during this sacred month, before we pray, before we fast, before we do what it is that we will do, we make our intention. We state what we intend to do. We make a statement of determination of what we intend to bring about. Before we wash for prayer, we state our intention. Before we begin our prayer, we state our intention. When we are about to break our fast, we make our intention. We prepare. We're more thoughtful of every activity, every action, and hopefully every thought. It helps us to organize and set order to our lives and do things not in a free-for-all way, but in a way that is pleasing and as instructed by Allah. If we look at the fast of Ramadan, it counters all the norms of our life from this wicked world. It alters the time we eat and drink and even what we're eating and drinking. It refocuses our attention and makes us to be more conscious of time and how we spend it. In contrast to the norm of this world with all its excesses and overindulgences and lack of order, it puts us in a reflective state and allows us to give everything its proper place and reevaluate what we are doing and ultimately change, change for the better. We are asked to be more mindful of our prayers. Acts of kindness should increase and overall behavior should be better during this month. We are not even supposed to argue. Think about that. In a world of callous, profane, gossiping, and intemperate people, we are instructed not to argue. And if someone wants to argue, we are told to tell them, I am fasting. This is not the norm in this world. In this world, even when people can't hear us, if they cut us off in traffic, we have a word for them. And it's not a holy word. They tend to be profane words. And today, you may cut off the wrong person, and they may not have words for you, but because of the short temper, they may have bullets for you. Road rage increasing. We go to places, people are impatient, they can't wait in line. There's 20 cashiers, a self-checkout, but we can't wait because there's two people in front of us. We've been made into something that is not pleasing to God. We are instructed not to eat or drink during the late daylight hours, even though there's ease of access to food and drink. 
We are really asked to come out of the ways of this world and do things in a way that God is prescribing, and his way is not our way. And it's not the way of this wicked world. I've heard often Imam Sultan Rahman say that the fast is a secret between Allah and the believer. That always affected me because it's a secret because even though when people know it's Ramadan nowadays, they may assume or ask you if you're fasting or perhaps maybe not so much with these masks on our faces today, but people could tell by our breath that we were fasting. People could tell by our manner that we were fasting because we wouldn't be able to go to dinner with friends as we normally did. And we couldn't invite people over because we're waiting towards a late hour to break fast. And it's a secret because in our home, with a refrigerator full of food, with a pantry full of delectable items, with people willing to dash to your door with a delivery. People willing to bring you instantly something from a cart so you don't have to go in the grocery store and push a cart. We could take a sip of water while no one is looking at us. We could eat a morsel of food when everyone else is occupied, but Allah knows, and we know. So we don't fast to be seen. We fast to please Allah. We fast to obey Allah. We fast to praise and give glory to Allah. So we've set our intention. Before we fast, we don't just wake up and say, I think I'll fast today. No, we set our intention after the meal the night before. Tomorrow I will fast for you, Allah. We set our intention. We prepare our minds to begin our journey. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan says on page 82 of Closing the Gap, this wonderful book, that we are all on a journey. The journey or the goal is a meeting with Allah. On the road of this journey, there are trials that are a part of the process of purification. So that when the servant reaches a certain level of purification, a certain point in his journey, God can then use the servant greater than he used him in the past because of that servant's attitude, disposition, and sense of knowing that he is with God and God is with him as he passes through his trial. As we prepare, after we state our intention, we are under trial which leads us to the next part of what Ramadan is all about, cleansing. Cleansing is intended to clean something thoroughly, especially the skin. To cleanse means to rid of impurities by or as if by washing. Another word that's synonymous with cleansing that is used often in the Holy Quran is purification. Purification is the process of ridding oneself of impurities. To cleanse, 
to the process of freeing from sin, guilt, or other defilement. It is the process by which something becomes pure. Pure being that and nothing else. Freed from anything of an inferior or contaminating kind. Free from extraneous matter. Clear, free from blemishes, untainted, unaffected, chaste, immaculate, genuine. The Holy Quran mentions Allah's purified ones in several places and tells us that Allah loves those who purify themselves. The word in Arabic for pure is translated into English as to make sincere, devoted, chosen, single-minded, single-hearted, exclusive entirely. This is what we are trying to attain when we turn ourselves to Allah. That our intentions, that our devotion, that we have chosen to be single-minded, not double-minded, single-hearted, seeking only Allah and what he wills. So we have to be purified to get to that state. And this is what helps us to get to that state is this, what we call the fast of Ramadan. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan teaches us and says in the restrictive law is our success on page 161 that every prophet came to give their people the way that God will accept purify and bless those people whom the prophet was sent to. But each prophet gave their followers some duty that in carrying out that duty, those who followed the prophet were blessed, purified, and exalted. There's a process to purification. Ramadan, this month, which means excessive heat, it is intended to burn off sin, remove that which has dirtied us, remove that which has contaminated us, remove that that has taken us from the pure, pristine form that Allah created and make us once again what Allah intends for us to be. The book of Malachi in the Bible, the third chapter, the third verse says, speaking of the way that Allah uses his messenger to purify us, that he shall sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. God is here comparing what he will do to his people that he comes to to a process by which metals, precious metals, are purified. A purifier is one who frees from impurities, frees from, Im, from moral imperfection, and frees from what is coarse and vulgar. To purge means to get rid of someone or something of an unwanted quality, condition, or feeling. To free someone or something from an unwanted quality, condition, or feeling, and it also means to atone for or wipe out. There is a process. There are steps to purification. In everything. In particular, and I remember this from my chemistry class in high school, there are three main methods 
by which organic matter can be purified, or they also call it the process of purification and separation. These are scientific terms, not political ones. The three most common ways that organic matter is purified and separated is by one of three ways. They're called filtration, crystallization, or distillation. Within those, there are different methods or groupings of types of filtration, types of crystallization, and types of distillation. I remember the one I liked was distillation. Because in chemistry class, we would have the opportunity to set up the test tubes and then light up, they call it a Bunsen burner. And we would put fire underneath the chemical. And then that chemical, we started off with a certain quantity of that chemical. And as it was under heat and we increased that heat, it began to evaporate. It wasn't that the chemical was evaporating. The chemicals were separating. And the different compounds that were within that liquid were now separating and the denser ones were left. And the lighter ones evaporated, went through another tube and then distilled back down into the other tube again as water or some liquid form. And then that liquid form, if you measured them together, it was the same amount you started with, but now they had been separated. But in order for the impurity to be removed to leave you with the pure thing you were looking for you needed to apply heat you needed to apply fire that's not the only way but it's a good way to separate things fire is good for separating things if you yell fire, you can tell who's paying attention because the one who hears will have an alerted look on their face and the one who's not really paying attention may stay asleep. We can also use a filter like we do when we make coffee. And that catches the particles and it keeps what we want going through, but it keeps the contaminants away. But when you can also use it to separate things using filtration of liquids in particular. Crystallization is the process of atoms or molecules arranging into a well-defined rigid crystal lattice in order to minimize their energetic state. This generally happens again by the solvents being mixed and then you can either use friction in the form of shaking it or again apply heat or in some instances you add just more liquid and the crystallization process will occur. But it's all about separating things that are currently combined so that you can get the pure thing that you're looking for. Another thing I used to love in chemistry class was something called centrifugation. It was involving centrifugal force. We would put test tubes with a liquid or something in it in this machine and there was a motor in the middle and similar as you see on the screen there, if you've ever been to the carnival or the amusement park of some kind, as the rotation begins, there is an energy, a force that is both pushing us away and keeping us towards, pulling us towards and pulling us away from the central area where the motor is that we are rotating around. It's a technique that helps separate mixtures by applying centrifugal force. 
It's a device generally driven by an electric motor and in a rotational movement around a fixed axis. The principle of sedimentation is what is in work here. And under the influence of gravitational force, or what they call the G-force, substances separate according to their density. Different types of separation are known, and there's a list of those, but the point is, it causes separation. Ramadan works much of the same way on us. It's not that when we begin to fast, everything will all of a sudden be peachy keen and roses because this is not the life that we were born into in the creation of Allah. For the Holy Quran says that Allah made man to face difficulty. So if what we're looking for is ease and escape from difficulty, we're looking for escape from life. And what we want is not an escape from life, we want to be equipped with that which will allow us to overcome the obstacles of life. And that is the nature in which Allah has created us to face and ultimately overcome all difficulties. So what Ramadan is doing is preparing us to better handle the trials of life. How do you handle the thirst for water? Do you just say, well, heck, I have access to water. I'm going to take a drink and break your word to your Lord. Man, my stomach is rumbling. Well, it'll still be rumbling in three or four hours. Your food will still be there by the grace of Allah in three or four hours. Is it worth your lower appetite to break your word to Allah? Is it worth failing the test? Is it worth Submitting to that external force to break our word to Allah. There are so many things that can be used for purification. We do ablution before we pray where we use water. And most of us, when we think of purity, we're thinking of water and soap and these kind of things. But Allah tells us in the Quran that if we can't find water, we can betake ourselves to pure earth for purification. And I've been in places in Mexico and in Cuba when, when people had a bug sting or an inflammation or some kind of pain, we didn't get an ice pack, we would go get mud or clay from a certain area. And we would put it on our skin in the infected area and that dirt would draw out and purify what had been infected. Allah is so marvelous. He uses it all if we will submit. We have in the process of purification, one that we often think about is how precious metals, as was mentioned in the scripture, is refined and purified. Gold, for example, it's purified under extremely, extremely high heat. And Ramadan means excessive heat. There are two gold refining methods that are most commonly used and employed to derive pure gold. They're referred to as the Miller process and the Woolwill process. The Miller process 
uses gaseous chlorine to extract impurities when gold is at its melting point. The Miller process is rapid and simple, but it produces gold of only about 99.5% purity. I mean, that's pretty high, 99.5. If we got a 99.5 on an exam, most of us would be happy. But that 5% points to the impurity still present in the gold. So they say it only produces about 99.5% purity. The wool wheel process increases purity to about 99.99%. It uses electrolysis. Casting of impure gold is lowered into an electrolyte solution of hydrochloric acid and gold chloride. Under the influence of an electric current, the gold migrates to a negatively charged electrode where it is restored to a highly pure metallic state, leaving the impurities as a separate solution or residue. Allah has a way to purify metal. You've seen in the old movies men who are trying to make the best sword. They're putting them under heat and they're pounding out impurities. They're taking away the dross of silver or of metal to get the pristine, hardened form of the purity of the metal that they seek for their weapon of choice. These are metals, stones, components of matter in the earth and that are found in every human being. But what about this? The creation of Allah. The human being, this magnificent structure that Allah created. Doesn't he have a process to purify this? Surely, since it's more precious than silver and gold, if he can purify that, he has something to purify this. And as a matter of fact, it's already in the nature of our creation to be purified. So the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan says to us, on page 33 of Closing the Gap, speaking of the inception of human life in the womb, that when a baby is conceived, it is conceived in a system that is already working. It feeds from that system as it is developing an independent system. It takes from a system already in existence through the placenta. It purifies as much as it can to feed on, to grow itself into a new creation coming from that system. But now it is developing an independent system that will take on a life of its own. Think about that. This is not us in the womb having to decide to do something. The baby doesn't decide, I need to feed from the placenta. The mother doesn't decide, I need a more pure form of nourishment for my baby. She may not even know the baby is growing in the womb yet. Yet Allah, seeking to make pure what he placed in the womb of our mothers, already established a natural process to make sure we get the most purity that will benefit us in our new and growing condition and state. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan shows us also that this doesn't apply just to the life in the womb, but these natural laws of Allah are carried out 
after we are born into the world. Many of us, we may have at some point or another in our life, obtained a fever. And most of us don't like having a fever because it feels uncomfortable. We feel hot. We feel uncomfortable. We don't feel ourselves. But did you know that a fever is not something bad? It may be uncomfortable, but it actually means that our body is starting to fight off whatever is invading us. So if a virus gets into our system, it's in the mucous membranes and it starts to show up in the bloodstream, our immune system releases inflammatory chemicals that increase the heat in the body and increase our core temperature. Part of what happens is that it makes it very uncomfortable for the virus to live. So we're literally trying to cook the virus out of our bodies. These are natural processes. You don't wake up and decide, I need a fever. Allah is constantly putting in nature, in the womb, in the meadows. He gives to man the processes by which it can be purified. Well, what about this human being? Once we're born, once we understand that we don't have to do nothing, that the body is set up with an immune system that will naturally battle what invades it. But how do we purify our hearts? How do we purify our souls? How do we purify our minds? Surely, Allah, if you cared for me in the womb, if you cared for me as a child, if you care for me as an adult in the natural infections and things that we face, surely you knew that coming into a sin-sick world, I would need a remedy and a cure and something to burn off the evils of this world, and he has given it to us. Allah, in the fast of Ramadan, is removing from us that which is other than ourselves. The impurities of this dying world so that we can be ready and fit for the one to come. It is not to make us Arabs. It is not to make us something else other than what Allah made us. It is to bring us back to our original self in its pure and pristine form. The back, to bring us back to the purity of our original state and condition when our creator formed us in the wombs of our mother. This word, the teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, is designed by Allah to lift the most downtrodden members of the human family, the black man and woman of America first, because we have been put in the worst condition of any people that ever lived, so much so that the prophets of God described us as dead. And as difficult as it would be for us to visit the cemetery and blast a trumpet and cause the dead in those graves to rise up out of those graves is the difficulty of the mission that Allah placed on the shoulders of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and now the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. The resurrection first of our people and the resurrection after that of all of the members of the human family who've been blinded by the touch of Satan and the falsehood that he has introduced into the world and the rebellion that he has introduced in the world, making evil fair seeming to man. 
We thank Allah for the honorable Elijah Muhammad and this invincible truth that he has given to us that begins that process of raising us up from a dead level and standing us upright before God and man. How do we know this process works? Because we have a man who's a living witness and example of it in the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. The process of purification given to us through the sacred and holy month of Ramadan and fasting in this month, where we fast, we pray, we read the Holy Quran, we do acts of kindness or charity, we don't quarrel or argue, we abstain from vulgarity and indecency, and we are seeking exclusively nearness to Allah God to please our Lord, bringing back to us, to the forefront of our mind, not the seeking of money, not the seeking of our low desires, but the seeking of the pleasure of our Lord. This is what the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is living proof of. He is the example of what the word of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad will make us through disciplining our life to that word. And he is the key to understanding the time and knowing the way so we can survive the day of judgment in which we now live. We cannot do it without step number three or point number three, discipline. Once we're preparing, once we're cleansing, now we have to stay the course. Don't get off the road of the journey. To discipline means control gained by enforcing obedience or order. Orderly or prescribed conduct or pattern of behavior. Self-control. Training that corrects, molds, or perfects the mental faculties or moral character. We apply discipline during the month of Ramadan. We fast during this month, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan teaches us, because there's a verse in the Quran that says, Oh, you who believe, fasting is prescribed for you as it was prescribed for those before you so that you may guard against evil. This is why we fast. This is why we abstain from the necessary and vital things of life, food and water, and that which procreates life during the daylight hours. If we can make it one day, says the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, to not drink water, not eat food, which is so natural, so necessary to life, surely we then can guard against the evil of lying, stealing, slander, backbiting, fornication, adultery, fighting, arguing, and killing one another. The evils that fasting causes us to guard against are what the whole world is experiencing right now. It's a prescription from the Lord of the worlds to guard us against the doing of evil. What a blessing to know Allah's will. But what a greater blessing to strive to do God's will. We pray and strive during this month in line with fasting to make all our prayers. And we even get up in the middle of the night to say additional prayers. And we pray Though we should pray sincerely all the time, now that we're feeling a bit of hunger and a bit of thirst, our prayers can be a little bit more sincere. When we say, oh Allah, 
We can feel it because the stomach isn't full and slowing down our thinking. Our mouth isn't quenched. We're longing for something to quench the thirst, to satisfy the appetite. But it is not the physical food that we eat that will really sustain and maintain our life. It is obedience to the will of our Creator. Prayer is that, says the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, that we should make Allah the exclusive object of our focus. So you heard student minister Jeffrey this morning when he opened in prayer say, Surely I have turned myself to thee, O Allah. Well, nothing turns on its own. There's always a power present that turns a thing. And the power that turns the earth is the light of the sun. And the power that turns man towards God is the divine essence within himself. When that divine essence is touched by the word of truth, it begins a process of turning. This is what is lacking in our life today. This is what we have become absent of or unfocused with. It's not any longer that we don't know the word. We don't know the way. We don't know the truth. We're ignoring the truth and the way. And this brings about consequences in our life. But we can't turn on our own. And we can't just turn by picking up a book. How glorious it may be, but as the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said, in the beginning, there was no book. So what turned people towards Allah? It was the man who was one with the book. So today, it is no different. Allah has given us a book, but he's given us a man. I'm going to say it again. A man. A living human being who's an exemplary model of what living the life prescribed in the book looks like, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. That's why his words reach us. He can read the same ayats of the Quran as any iman. He can read the same quotes from the Bible as any pastor. But when he delivers that word coming from a pure heart through the lips of a loving soul made by the hand of God, it reaches the ears of you and I differently. The heat that it carries, the pure fire of the Spirit of Allah knocks off the dross, goes past the sin, sidesteps the diversion that we try to set up and allows him To reach us down in the abyss of the valley of death in which where we stay. Where the enemy has placed us. Yet he can go down because he is a light upon light. The light of wisdom is magnified and amplified by the love and light and purity of his heart. That's why whenever the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan says we should go someplace, we should make haste to go there. Whenever he says don't go there, we should be sure not to make a step even think in that direction. Wherever we see him, look at him. Wherever we hear him, listen to him. 
So I have to say that when he says something as simple as, we will not take your vaccine. I'll say it one more time. When he says something as simple as, we will not take your vaccine. I don't need any doctor to confer with. The Lord's doctor, the healer, has already given us consultation. He doesn't speak out of vanity. It's pure love. Pure motive. Seeking only, not our pleasure, the pleasure of his Lord. That we can trust in. I don't care how many pastors you line up and they tell us it's safe. Who did they consult with before telling us it was safe to get vaccinated? And they'll tell us that the impure doctors with their unproven methods that are not, have not been rigorously put under trial yet, they accept their lying words and their history of five centuries of lies over a man with six decades of standing up and laying down his life for you and I. The scripture says that perfect love casts out fear. Well, you can't have perfect love in an imperfect and impure heart. And there is no greater love than that a man lay down his life for his friend, for his brother, for his sister. Allah has given us the best friend next to himself and the Mahdi, the Messiah, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. This is what allows him to speak, regardless of it's popular or not. He tells us what we must know. And whatever the consequence is for that truth, look at that beautiful human being. A man. A man. A man. Made by God. With a pure heart. That's the beauty we see in that photograph. It, it's not Photoshop. It's God's shop. He's been in the shop, in the word of God. And Allah is purifying and cleansing him before our eyes. So we read in the Holy Quran and strive to complete its reading during this month of Ramadan. And the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan says that the Holy Quran also speaks of itself in these terms. That it is a book of purification. And that it washes us from the mischief-making of the mischief-maker. It is a book that clears up the misunderstanding between the various religions of the world. It is a book that destroys the artificial barriers that divide the people of God from one another. And that is a book that it is a book that exalts the common thread between all of these religions. On this wonderful book, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad writes on page 92, of message to the black man in America in a section entitled the glorious Holy Quran Sharif. 
He says that the book that the so-called American Negroes tribe of Shabazz should own and read, the book that the slave masters have but have not represented it to their slaves is a book that will heal their sin-sick souls that were made sick and sorrowful by the slaves' masters. Don't you want to read a book like that? The book will open up their blinded eyes and open their deaf ears. A book can do that? The book that will purify them, the book that makes a distinction between the God of righteousness and the God of evil, the book of guidance, the book of light and truth, the book of wisdom and judgment. He says, but the average one should first be taught how to respect such a book, how to read it, how to understand it, how to teach it. The Holy Quran Sharif contains some of the most beautiful prayers that one has ever heard, recited, or read. It is called the glorious Quran, and without mistake, that is what it is. This book is not from a prophet, but direct from Allah to Muhammad, not by an angel, but the mouth of Allah, God. I've taken many classes in my life. Every course I took had reading material, either a book or some kind of handout that was in lieu of a book. But every class I ever took, even though they gave me a book, they didn't just send me home with the book and say, here, teach yourself mathematics. Teach yourself algebra. Teach yourself whatever it is you're trying to learn. No, they gave me a book, but then they also gave me a human being as a teacher. So the Honorable Elijah Muhammad says that we should first be taught how to respect a book, read it, understand it, and teach it. Well, who's going to teach it if the teacher is not sent to us to show us how to respect it, how to read it, and how to teach it, how to understand it? And more than just reading the book, because you can sit there. I used to, as a little boy, have a holy Bible or a Bible at home, and the cover said holy Bible, and I would try to read it. And I loved reading the book of Revelation because it talked about dragons and the beginning in Genesis about talking snakes. And as a little boy, I loved it. I didn't understand it, but I loved it. It was so big and magnificent. I would go and daydream thinking that there's a big dragon someplace and God and angels are going to fight this dragon, right? Like Godzilla or something. But the book is not just a physical parchment of paper bound in a beautiful either cardboard or in this case leather and has gold leaf on it. That doesn't make it better. What makes the book of value is what is contained in it. And what makes it invaluable is that if you and I don't just read it, but apply it and submit to what it is giving to us, you and I will see, you and I will hear, and you and I will be raised to life. But we can't do that without someone to teach us what it means. This is why we constantly raise up the most honorable Elijah Muhammad and the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan. Because the only reason we know how to value this book, how to read it, how to understand it, is because of what those two men are guiding us to, that we may be made whole, purified, and complete. The honorable minister Louis Farrakhan wrote to us in a letter dated 223-1997, February the 23rd, 1997. 
that the Holy Quran in its application, not in its reading, in its application is preparation to live in the hereafter. The hereafter is here on earth after the destruction of the power of the wicked to interfere with the establishment of the kingdom of Islam. In that new world, there will be no need for law that punishes adultery, homosexuality, rape, murder, theft, or any offense because there will be no lawbreakers. I'm going to stop right there. Can you even imagine living like that? We hear people saying, abolish the police. Get rid of the judicial system. And those are easy words to say. But how then would there be order in a lawless society? How can we say we don't want to punish the rapist? How can we say we don't need to reprimand the deviant? How can we say there's no consequence for disobeying the law of God? Forget about the law of man. What does God say? God is the standard, not the White House, not the Senate, not the Congress. What says the Lord? That is the standard that must be raised today. The Holy Quran teaches us that in the hereafter there will be no vain discourse, only peace. This implies a place where there is only righteousness and complete submission to the will of Allah God. For there is no peace without submission to his will. I'm going to say that one more time. There is no peace without submission to his, Allah God's, will. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that Islam as we know it will not be in the hereafter. What? The principles will remain, but there will be a totally new knowledge. He said that the hereafter is a continuation of this life, but on the highest plane of existence. It is the life we knew before the fall of Adam. The one who brings about this reality is not a prophet. He is the manifestation of God. The Holy Quran describes this place and it gives such beautiful descriptions. And it also gives us qualifications for entering this place. It's described as a garden of perpetuity wherein flow rivers to abide therein. And it's for the believers who have done good deeds. In the 16th chapter of the Quran, it says, and it is said to those who guard against evil. See, it's not said to everyone. It's said to those who guard against evil. What has your Lord revealed? They say, the ones that have guarded against evil, just one word is the response. What has your Lord revealed? Good. You can't get more simple than that. What did God reveal? Good. For those who do good in this world is good. And certainly the abode of the hereafter is better. And excellent indeed is the abode of those who keep their duty. 
gardens of perpetuity, which they enter, wherein flow rivers. They have therein what they please. Thus does Allah reward those who keep their duty, whom the angels cause to die in purity, saying, Peace be to you. Enter the garden for what you did. You all saw that beautiful flyer that promoted the lecture for today. That wasn't a drawing. That's a real physical place. That our brother Raphael who made the flyer, it's a place that I believe, I think it was his daughter, if not his wife, who took the photo of this place that they visited right here on the earth. But I mean, look at that place. It's 40 degrees today in Chicago. Wouldn't you like to enter a garden like that? Even if just for a few minutes to hear that waterfall, to hear that river flow, to see the perpetuity of the green, the plants, the foliage that's there, just to behold the beauty. It is a sign or symbol to show us the beauty of the life of the world to come. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad, speaking of the hereafter in message to the black man in America, says that the hereafter, there the righteous will make unlimited progress. Peace, joy, and happiness will have no end. War will be forgotten. Disagreement will have no place in the hereafter. We can't even think of a place like that. It's hard to even imagine and conceptualize ourselves in a place where there is Limitless progress, unlimited progress, peace, joy, no disagreement. The present brotherhood of Islam is typical of the life in the hereafter. The difference is that the brotherhood in the hereafter will enjoy the spirit of gladness and happiness forever in the presence of Allah. The earth, the general atmosphere will produce such a change that the people will think it is a new earth. It will be the heaven of the righteous forever. No sickness, no hospitals, no insane asylums, no gambling, no cursing or swearing will even be seen or heard in that life. Fear, grief, and sorrow will stop on this side as proof. Then listen to this. Every one of us who accepts the religion of Islam and follows what God has revealed to me. This is the Honorable Elijah Muhammad speaking will begin enjoying the above life here. The life in the hereafter is an image of the spiritual state in this life. Just think how good you feel when you're in the divine spirit for a while. You are so happy that you don't feel even the pain of sickness, no trouble or sorrow. And that is the way you will feel always in the next life. And those of us who are striving to complete the fast of Ramadan, we can bear witness that there are moments during prayer, there are moments when we read the Quran that we don't feel the stress of life. Though we may be facing difficulties, illnesses, financial trouble, domestic problems, but when we call on Allah, when we make him our exclusive focus and remove our mind from the trouble, we feel his peace enter into us. We don't have to go looking for heaven. We have heaven if we will accept it. I'm reminded this morning of the words of Jesus in the scripture of the Bible. When he's asked, 
Where is the kingdom? When is it coming? He says, the kingdom is at hand. When something is at hand, that means it's within reach. You don't have to do nothing. You don't got to make any more moves. Just reach out for it. Grab a hold to it. Take it into your grasp. And in another place, he tells the people that the kingdom is within you. Ramadan. Excessive heat. The forces of nature. The forces of life taking us to extremes in our life, to remove from that us that which the enemy's world has deposited in us but has no place in us. We're in the world, but we don't want to be of the world. So in this month, we ask Allah, remove from us that which is excessively burdening us, that which is giving to us trouble in our life, our own choices, our own misgivings, our own bad decisions because we took our eye off our focus to please our Lord. As I close, the nation of Islam was raised by Master Fahd Muhammad. He came to North America by himself. He came to the worst part of Detroit called Black Bottom. Detroit. Detroit. As the Bible teaches of this coming of the Son of Man, he made himself of no reputation and became obedient unto death. How do we interpret such scripture? The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said that he made himself of no reputation. The prophets predicted his coming, but when he came, he never said, look at me, here I am. Do you know who I am? He never spoke any such term, nor should we. We should never point to ourselves as though we are the great one. We should always point to Allah, for he is the greatest of those who share in his greatness. He walked amongst us with a great humility, knocking on our doors, seeking to start a conversation with us so that that would raise us with knowledge from our condition. Master Fahd Muhammad, what a great, great man who came among us. He did a great work. He raised a great man and he went away and he never asked us for anything. He did a work that bore witness of himself. Isn't that the best example for us? This is why the Quran advises, vie with one another in good works. And let our works testify to who we are. Not saying it from our mouths, but doing it by our work. In the Bible, Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And glorify our Father which art in heaven. What is our good work? The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said, our good work is to spread a word that gives life to our people. The same word that gave life to us, our duty is to become messengers of that message and learning that message, studying that message and reaching into that message that came first to the black man and woman of America and then learning the universal application of that message 
and bringing it from here to the ends of the earth. And show us our ways of devotion. Allah has shown us, the nation of Islam, our way of devotion. And that is not only to purify ourselves by the way we eat and the foods we eat, although we do that, and the drinks we drink and the prayers we say and the righteous conduct that we strive to manifest, but to do the good work of bringing a message to a people who have been destroyed for the lack of knowledge. It is ignorance that is our greatest enemy today. So what a month to get reacquainted with he who introduces himself in this book, in the second surah of the Holy Quran. He tells us a people lacking knowledge. He introduces himself saying, I, Allah, am the best knower. This book, there is no doubt in it, is a guide to those who keep their duty who believe in the unseen and keep up prayer and spend out of what we have given them and who believe in that which has been revealed to thee and that which has been revealed before thee and of the hereafter, they are sure. They are on a right course from their Lord and these it is that are successful. This book, there is no doubt in it. It's a guide who those who keep their duty and the man that Almighty God Allah has given to us today, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. He's a man who should be read. He's a man who should be examined. He's a man who we should look at his life seeking to understand because he is the standard given to us of a new civilization and a new man, helping to bring us into a new way of thinking in establishing a universal government of peace wherein we all can live in peace together. He is a guide that there is no doubt in. He is a guide for us who strive to keep our duty. For he is showing us what the power of believing in the unseen and keeping up prayer and spending out of we, what we have been given and believing in that which was revealed before and that which was revealed to thee. And of the hereafter, they are sure. Let us follow his wonderful example, this mighty blessing during this holy month of Ramadan. Let us strive like never before to complete it to be better Muslims at the end of the month than we were at the beginning, to be better wives, better husbands, better students, better children, better FOI, better MGT, better human beings, ready to arise and warn and magnify our Lord and purify our garments. We thank you for listening to us this morning as we greet you in the greeting words of peace. Assalamu alaikum. All praise is due to Allah. Let us put our hands together and give student minister Abel Muhammad a well-deserved 
Round of applause. All praises are due to Allah. All praises are due to Allah. We thank Allah once again for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. We thank Allah for the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Brothers and sisters, the word of Allah has been spoken. And now we have a duty on ourselves. Allah has blessed us this morning. There's nothing that we can do to say thank you. But there are some things that we can do to benefit ourselves, our families, and our community. Let us now give in charity to help in the mission of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Let us give now to help the mission of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. It says in the Holy Quran in Surah 2, Ayat, or verse 274, those who spend in charity and spend of their goods by day and by night in secret and in public, they have their reward with their Lord. On them shall be no fear, nor shall they grieve. And those that are watching online, you're also able to give right now. There's a button that you can push to help in this ministry of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Give to help the minister. Give to help our community. Give to help yourself. We must build our own community. We must build pure hospitals, pure schools. We must build better businesses and better opportunities for our children that they don't have to grow up in the world that we had to grow up in. And we can do that right now by giving to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Greatness is not what you have. Greatness is what you give. And we know that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is most certainly a giver. Also, brothers and sisters, those that heard this lecture, you can go right online right now and hear it again and again and again and again. And those that would like to purchase other tapes of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and the various student ministers, you can go to store.finalcall.com and you can purchase the books. You can purchase those that don't have a Holy Quran and you can't find it in the bookstores. You can get it right now at store.finalcall.com. You can get Message to the Black Man, and these four books you must have in your library. Message to the Black Man, The Fall of America, Our Savior Has Arrived, and How to Eat to Live. Make that five books, book one and book two. These are must-haves for kingdom building. These are must-haves in the transformation of the human being, and you can go online right now at store.finalcall.com and get your copy. And also, brothers and sisters, we're blessed that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you don't have to listen to ESPN. You don't have to watch CNN, CNBC, or even all the different podcasts. You can hear the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan 24 hours a day on FinalCallRadio.com. So when you get home, have your children listen to the minister. When it's time to go to bed, listen to the minister. When you wake up, listen to the minister. After dinner, listen to the divine guidance that Allah has given to the honorable minister, Louis Farrakhan. And we're in Ramadan, but later tonight after dinner, we ask that everyone, you don't have to come to the mosque to purchase. You can now order your fresh, and we call it the mean bean, the supreme bean pie. 
You can order yours right now at the SupremeBeanPie.com. This is one of our delicacies that we offer to everyone. Order yours right now. And finally, brothers and sisters, we have our weekly meetings, FOI class, Monday. We have our MGT class on Saturday. We have our Wednesday meetings and our Friday self-improvement. But we ask everyone, we look forward to seeing you again next Sunday, next Sunday, next Sunday, as we continue in the teaching of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad through his student, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Brothers and sisters, if you please join me in prayer. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful. All praise belongs to Allah, the Lord of the worlds, the Beneficent, the Merciful. Master of this day of judgment in which we now live. Thee alone do we worship and thine aid do we seek. O Allah, guide us on the right path the path of those upon whom thou hast bestowed favors, not the path of those upon whom thy wrath is brought down, nor of those who go astray after hearing thy teachings. I mean. Greetings, dear listeners. We have been blessed by Almighty God, Allah, over the 90 years of our work in the nation of Islam and lifting our people up from the miserable condition in which we find ourselves. We ask your support of our effort and we hope that you will be generous and make a contribution to the work of the nation of Islam and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan by clicking the button below or go to noi.org forward slash donate. We thank you in advance for your support. May Allah God continue to bless you and your families. Assalamu alaikum. Now you can get the same uncompromising truth you've come to expect from the Final Call newspaper on all your connected devices. Subscribe to the Final Call Digital Edition today. Go to subscribe.finalcalldigital.com.